This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. So, (laughs) it's been a minute since I've done this, and by this I mean it's been a minute since I've been driving on the 405 and in traffic and thoughts coming up as I'm listening either to a podcast, music, or just non-lyrical music, or just like lost in thought where I'm thinking, I wonder if anybody else is thinking this or has these types of like questions or ideas or, you know, concepts that pop into their mind. That is what I did in 2018 when I started this podcast was I was spending a lot of time in my car at the time because I was essentially nomadic and without roots in a home. And I was very active, super hustling and doing everything I could to, you know, kind of keep myself above water And I ended up spending a lot of time alone in my car and I would have thoughts and ideas. And sometimes I would pick up the phone and call someone to have a conversation about it and then, you know, kind of flush out whatever was, you know, coming up for me. But then sometimes I would call several people and no one would be available. So I would be like, well, I want to process these thoughts. And a lot of my conversations with friends are really like me processing them processing and us essentially holding space for one another by just being really, really, really good listeners. And so I asked myself, you know, what if I just started having these conversations with myself? Because, you know, they say that, you know, geniuses talk to themselves all the time and I for damn sure talk to myself all the time. So I must be a genius, genius. Um, So that's where the podcast started to really drop into my spirit and it grew and grew and grew and, now I'm moving into the 2018. What year was that? 2000. It was 2018. I had to just ask myself. So we're in the second year of me curating, publishing, producing this podcast. And now we're getting ready to, and I say we, me, I'm getting ready to start opening up and, you know, adding more guests and featured guests for this upcoming season. So some people have asked, like, you know, does your podcast have seasons and how many seasons do you have? As of now, I have about 60 episodes in the library, which is fantastic when I really think about it. I, considering the fact that it is a one-person show, I record the podcast in a mobile app. I do all the editing myself. I do all the the guest curating of of myself. I come up with the questions. This is a one-person show. Not to say that I'm not open to having an engineer or a co-producer or something, but as of so so far, that hasn't manifested, so I'm just going to keep on pushing doing this solo dolo. 
the reason I wanted to jump on right now is because I was listening to this podcast that a friend of mine referred me to called Bad Queers, and I literally have been listening to it for the last two days. I think I'm like 10 episodes in, and I am really enjoying it. One thing that was coming up for me as I was listening, which comes up for me a lot when I listen to content that is created by millennials. So if you're a millennial and you're hearing this, FYI, this is not me throwing shade. This is me actually acknowledging their, the variances that exist between us. I am a Gen Xer. I was born in 1977, so I'm 43 years old, not a millennial. I have a lot of friends who are millennials. I have family who are millennials, and I know they get a, a bad rap a lot. As I was listening to this podcast and also just like being on social media or watching some YouTube channels, and there's certain times when terminology or language is used where it seems like everybody else in the room knows exactly what they're talking about. And I'm like, now what was that? What, what, you want to know about me one more time? What, what was that? And it's interesting because every once in a while I have these moments where I'm like, shit, am I an old lady? I don't know the language of the young folk, you know, I don't, which of course, no, not the case. But I do recognize, well, and I should say, I do recognize that there are differences in the vernacular and the colloquialisms and even just the language as time progresses, as people evolve. And this comes up a lot in conversation, especially with my family uh, and other close friends and also some, some of my elders, those who are really like interested in being a part of the conversations that are happening today is language, terminology, what's okay, what's not okay, what's offensive, what makes me sound ignorant, what makes me sound arrogant, how do I get to be a part of the conversations that are happening intergenerationally amongst Gen Xers, baby boomers, millennials, Gen Zs, like how do we all sit down virtually or in real life and have a conversation that feels productive if we don't speak each other's language? What does that actually look like? Probably very difficult or non-existent or it ends up being argumentative, etc. So as I was listening to this podcast, I was thinking this word comes up and I'm the kind of person who will just look up a word that's how I was taught at a young age was if you ever hear a word or read a word that you don't know the definition of, then look it up. You know, when I would read fluid, fluently, I would often have like a dictionary close by so I could look up stuff and be like, what does that mean? Oh, oh, and you know, sometimes when you're an avid reader, you can, you can get definitions of words just through the sentence context without necessarily knowing like an actual definition of said word. So as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, maybe there's other people who hear words that they don't necessarily know the meaning of and they're not comfortable enough to ask someone or to just look that shit up. Cause obviously today, we all have computers in our pockets. We can look up anything. So I was like, maybe I should. This is me talking to myself. I, was, I, I said, so, Keyshawn, now, what do you think about you doing a podcast episode, a soapbox session, 
of sorts, just me, looking at certain terms, terminology, words, verbiage, language, that is starting to become more commonplace, more socially acceptable, more frequently appearing, etc. How can I inform people from my level of understanding without coming off as like I'm this scholarly person who's going to educate you on language and linguistics and terminology because I, I am a scholarly person. I am an educator of sorts. I also just wanted to speak from my own experience. So what prompted me to start this particular conversation with self is the word intersectionality. And I remember the first time that I heard the term intersectionality, and it was in a, an, an intimate space conversation with a small group of people. And it was someone who, you know, is traditionally educated, has, you know, a master's level degree and, you know, walks in spaces with other intellectuals, etc. And they used the word. And when I first heard it, I was like, I wonder what that means. And then I looked it up. And there is a traditional definition for it. And I encourage you to look it up yourself because, again, educate yourself. Right. So I realized that sometimes we're intimidated by a lack of knowledge instead of looking at it as an opportunity to learn. Like a lack of knowledge is an opportunity. So. The word intersectionality, I'll give you a definition. You know, I'm going to look it up right now just so I can give you a very like proper, a proper de definition of intersectionality. Intersection. This is funny because I'm literally typing it into my phone to see like, let me make sure I spell it right. So the term intersectionality, according to Google, is the interconnected nature of social categorization categorizations such as race, class, gender, as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. The sentence that they read that goes with it is through an awareness of intersectionality, we can be better. We can better acknowledge and ground the differences among us. So I was like, OK, so now what was that mean? And the way that I really understood it was like, we as human beings are intersectional. We are not one dimensional. We have varying layers of us. So when we intersect and integrate with others, we do so best if we acknowledge each other's differences. And by acknowledging each other's differences, we open up the opportunity for those differences not to divide us. So I was like, ooh, that's a dope word, intersectionality. I'm going to find a way to integrate that into my internal vernacular library database. Boom, new word. Other words started coming up in conversations in certain spaces I was in or coming up when I was listening to podcasts, which I do a lot of. And I was like, how many other words do I not really know the meaning of? I remember the first time I heard the term non-binary. I was like, now what's a non-binary? Now what's that non-binary? Bi, two, same, non-same. Non-binary is like not the same as, don't put me in a box, blah, blah, blah. 
And I realized that I was hearing certain terminology that was primarily being utilized by the LGBTQ plus community because we're dope as fuck and we make up our own language. There it is. So I was like, interesting. What does this term mean? The first time I heard intersex, I was like, what is that? Somebody was like, what is the I in the LGBTQI stand for? What is the A? What is this? What is that? So I started to take it upon myself to really educate myself as a queer person so that when people ask, and I say people loosely, when I, I mean when people I care about, people who are in my family who want to gain a better understanding of me and, and understand the the importance of using language to let someone know that you see them and how valuable that is. I can appreciate people reaching out to me and asking me, and I want to have educated and well-informed answers to give them. So I was like, I'm going to do some research. So I was having a conversation with one of my sisters probably a month or two ago, and we were talking about terminology to self-identify, and she was asking about gender pronouns and why it's why it's important to be able to integrate them into conversations as part of a general introduction of who you are and i was really grateful for the fact that she was so open to having that conversation and was so open to understanding there's other terminology that has been altered traditional words like folks spelling folks f-o-l-k-s is in some spaces being replaced with F-O-L-K-X, the word women, instead of being spelled W-O-M-E-N, is now being spelled W-O-M-X-N. And some people an un, with an untrained eye who don't know any better might wonder, well, why are we changing words that already meant one thing to now mean another thing. And what I like about humanity is that we are evolving creatures and we elevate and we, we ascend and we get smarter, you know, in a, in a way, some, some, some of us get smarter with time. We adapt, we grow, we change. So another sister of mine had a question about the term and posted it on Instagram about the term women spelled W-O-M-X-N and, and was asking, what is that and why is that? And what I want people to understand, if you happen to be listening to this, and are like, why are people spelling folks with an X at the end instead of an S? And why are people spelling women with an X instead of an E? Like, what is that about? It's about the trans community. It's about the trans community, the transgender community. What makes me so excited is that whenever somebody asks that question, it's an opportunity for me to really insert into conversation something that they're probably uncomfortable with or maybe completely unaware of, which is we've changed the language we're changing the spelling of words and the presentation of words in order to be inclusive of the trans community. So if you're listening to this and you've been on Instagram and you've seen someone spell the word folks with an X on the end, it's a sign of a sense of rebellion also Xing out the way that the term folks used to only include cis 
gendered men and cisgendered women. It's also to expand that inclusion to include transgender men and transgender women. Let that sink in for a second. Inclusivity, intersectionality, these are elements of what a cohesive and harmonious community needs to be made of. Those elements, that understanding, that awareness needs to be foundational for true community. Otherwise, it's click click community, not community. Click community is the word that I came up with that's like, this is a click community. This isn't really a community because a community is a way of, of coming together, communing, you know, seeing eye to eye, aligning, you know, soul to soul, elevating together, nurturing in a recipro reciprocal manner. That's what community really means. Click community is we like some of the same stuff. We don't talk about things that we don't agree on. And so we just kind of like keep it cool and we don't really let anybody else in who's going to come and challenge the things that we don't want to talk about. That's click community. I'm not interested in click community. I'm interested in community. And part of community is intersectionality and inclusivity and understanding that inclusivity doesn't mean that you cannot cater to a certain group of people. There are some spaces, there's LGBTQ plus inclusive spaces that might be exclusive to straight people because there's sometimes that we need to be amongst our own so that we don't have to inform and educate the straight, heteronormative, heterosexual, cisgender folks. So we don't have to educate y'all. Just like there are certain spaces or environments that are inclusive of black people that are biracial, that are uh, multiracial, that doesn't include white people. Because we need spaces that are made of us, for us, by us. Because all other spaces, white people are in it. Cis white people are in it. As a society, we, I won't even say minorities because we're not minorities anymore. That's the fun part. That's the rub. We're actually not minorities anymore. But those of us that have been othered by cisgendered hetero white people, men and women, we've created spaces that are inclusive of us and exclusive to them or excluding, I should say, of excluding to them. Mainly because America, okay, maybe even the world, but America was created as an environment that was inclusive of cisgendered, hetero, white people and was excluding to us, everybody else who's not that. So understanding that language 
terminology, the words we use, the words we speak, the words we write, that we're reclaiming and re-identifying and, and, and transmuting and transforming so that they can be more inclusive. If you are a person who is resistant to that transformation, ask yourself why. Why are you resistant? If you want to use the term women to include only cisgendered women, that's on you. If I use the term women with an X to exclude any figment of trans aggression, transphobia, and I want to make certain that transgender men and women or transgender people feel included, then I'm going to do that. And if you have an issue with it, you're entitled to have an issue with it. I just encourage you to ask yourself why. Ask yourself, why am I so resistant to change? Why am I so resistant to things being different? When I first heard this, I mean, because this is just in the last maybe like four or five years for me, that terminology like non-binary and cis, I never heard the term cisgender until like 2015, I think was the first time I heard that term. And I was in a space and Kim Cattrall Milan was doing this presentation on uh, feminism and femininity. And I was like feverishly taking notes and she kept using this word, cis, 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 cisgender this, cisgender that. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is a cisgender? And I'm like, cis, S-I-S, like with sisters? What, what does that mean? I asked the question and I let myself be open to understanding and being educated and, and taking in the information, the input and helping it and allowing it to help me to grow and expand. I think something that I really enjoy about being a person is that the more people that I interact and connect with, the greater understanding I start to have of humanity and the greater understanding I start to have of our differences and our intersectionalities and how they integrate into one another and actually make for really rich experience. So I encourage you. When you hear terminology or you see terminology that you don't really understand, and even if you Google it and it gives you a definition, but you don't feel settled with that as an understanding, ask someone. When you ask someone, come from a place of, I, I want to know why, I want to know what, and I want to know how me using this language can actually benefit me as I relate to other people. Because what I don't like to see is things like, well, we can just leave the language the way that it was. Why do y'all need new language? Why do we have to use these new terms? Why do I need to know what your, um, you know, what your PGP is? Like, why does that matter? And you're a this, you're a that. And like, truth be told, people don't realize how microaggressive they actually are and how many microaggressive actions that they make towards People who have been othered, what I what is called a marginalized community. I got to look that word up too and was like, ah, marginalized. So to marginalized communities, marginalized communities of people, when when people say things like, well, why are you using this instead of that? I'm using this instead of that because this better defines me. And because language is how we communicate, 
then I'm making language fit me, not me fit language. Ooh. Okay? I'm making language fit me, not me fit language. Because there's a lot of words, y'all. New words get added to dictionaries every year, I'm pretty sure. Even, like, the official, like, Oxford and Webster dictionaries get new words every year. So why can't we add new terminology into our conversations? Why can't we add new language into our discussions? We can. And again, if you're resistant to that, check yourself. Check in with yourself and ask the question, why am I resistant to this? How does someone saying, hello, I'm Keyshawn Rains. My preferred gender pronouns are she, her, hers, or they. I'm a non-binary queer femme. People want to know, who are you? If I got to put myself into language, there's my language. Now, I can give you my titles. I can give you my accolades. I can tell you what roles I play in life. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a partner. Language is just something we use to define what essentially in a lot of ways is undefinable because we as human beings are so vastly unique while also being very very much alike and language is just a way of doing that it's categorization it's what makes our human brains feel safe to put things in categories and put things in their place and give things labels and whatnot if we could live in a world without labels we would probably be living in a world without language spoken language but we don't so because we do live in a world with spoken language which means we do live in a world with labels, which means we do live in a world with terminology, allow yourself to evolve as terminology and language does. Otherwise, you're just being rigid and your rigidity can create microaggressions towards others Maybe unnecessarily for, well, for sure, unnecessarily, maybe subconsciously. You may not intend to be offensive and microaggressive towards others. You may not realize, though, that if you are a person who doesn't embrace new language as it changes, who doesn't lean in for a greater understanding of self-identifying terminology, if you are a person who doesn't allow yourself to be open to that, and you're remaining in this place of, but why, but why, but why? And understand that sometimes asking why is just a passive aggressive way of saying, I don't want to. It's a passive aggressive way of saying no. You know, we've all dealt with like somebody, kids, who were like, you tell them to do something and like, but why? And it's like, once you give them a why and they still ask why, it be, it's because the why that you gave them meant they still had to accept what you were saying and they don't want to accept what you were saying. So they're just going to keep asking why. That's passive aggressive microaggression. Okay. So I think that's all I'm going to say about that right now. This will probably come up in another conversation where I have a guest. I think I'm done talking about this particular thing in this particular moment. It was on my mind. It was coming up as I was driving. I've arrived at my destination now, so it's time for me to get out of the car. And I appreciate you for listening. I hope that this solo conversation, this conversation or this dialogue with self sparks a dialogue within yourself 
Maybe you'll look up some words that you have been hearing a lot, some buzzwords, some keywords, write them down. And if once you look them up, you don't feel like you have a knowing or an understanding, have a conversation with someone who you are confident does and just see how it changes your experience. That's all I got to say about that. Peace, y'all. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light. I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.